Welcome, everybody, to the Live Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kelly, and I believe that our legacy represents our own unique fingerprints on the world, and each of us has the power to create a meaningful legacy by acting on purpose today. I'm excited to welcome my good friend, a mentor, a coach to me, somebody that I've learned from and admired, and uh, am just grateful to call a friend, Mr. Nick Trevelyan. EK, what's up, brother? The Live Your Legacy podcast. I'm stoked, pumped, honored, excited. All those fun little words. I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Well, it's great to have you. And I'm excited for people to hear your story and to talk about your own journey. Because um, one of the things that's most exciting to me about these conversations is being able to dialogue with people that I see in the world that truly are living their legacy. And you had a really impressive career as a young man, but then I've seen you go through a significant transformation and kind of redirect your life and redefine your role. And I think that's just amazing and it's courageous. Um, and so I'm really excited just to kind of dive into that. So can you share with people a little bit just for reference, kind of your origin story and like how you came up and where you started in business and your professional career? Yeah, man. Thanks for asking. But um, I, I think the way a lot of us start is, I grew up in a small town in a single wide trailer and you want wealth, you want money, you want freedom, whatever your definition of success is, right? And so, you know, it's funny. I think that's how a lot of us get into entrepreneurship. I know like in your business of real estate, I, I chose real estate. I was literally 19 years old. It was the boom of the 2005 real estate market and everybody was making a ton of money. And I just saw it as a vehicle to get in and, and start making some money. I was 19. Uh, and I was left with the opportunity. Um, I was playing football at the time. I had a football scholarship and I had an injury my sophomore season. I, I blew my shoulder out. And so I had to take some time off of school. And we were looking at, do I continue with my scholarship and play football? Or, or do I you know, start some other transition into education um, or, or getting into entrepreneurship? And for me, man, I, I really wanted to get into real estate. I, I, just, I saw a lot of people making money. I saw it as a vehicle that, that looked really fun, you know? And I thought I could kind of be your own boss type thing. So we uh, dropped out of college at, at age 19. Not um, a fun conversation to have at Thanksgiving dinner with your, your mother and father of, hey, uh, I know I was on the path to go to school and like be a doctor or something, but uh, yeah, I'm out. I got three fine semesters under my belt at that local community college. Let's get into real estate. And you know, the failure rate in real estate. So everybody's like, come on, man. You know, what did you do with yourself? Yeah. And so, You're yeah, dude, I got out yeah, I got into real estate at 19 years old and and uh, chased this dream like like you teach now of, of living your legacy through real estate, my friend. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you built an incredible company and, you know, I know a lot of that was driven by work ethic and, and sheer tenacity and then just really developing your skills and your, your understanding of the market. Can you talk about what fueled you to do that early in life and then just kind of share what you were able to create? Yeah, dude. It, it actually happened kind of organically. So I was working in a real estate office and I had had a little bit of success, not a lot, but I was like six months or 12 months ahead of some of the younger guys that were coming on. And so they would approach me. It was funny. I started my first real estate team without even knowing it. I would just do like these daily little meetings in my little office with like three or four guys. And I just started yeah. mentoring some young real estate agents. And man, I was like, wow, I really, really like this. And this is really cool. And I can make an impact. And what's funny is at the time I was 20 years old, Eric, just coaching realtors. And I didn't realize that I was just doing it because 
I didn't know everything, but I had learned some stuff that had sold a few homes, right? And I had made a little bit of money. And it, like, if you're the realtor in the office that like sold two homes the month before, well, somebody that's just starting out, he wants to learn from that. And I was approachable right. because I was young. I was a 20 year old kid. And so I'll never forget these little meetings. It was like me and the young bucks, dude. It was like, if you were 25 or under, you were on my little team and I didn't get any money for it or no residuals, but I was just coaching these guys, bro. And so fast forward a year later, I opened my very first real estate brokerage when I was 21 years old. And I had every limiting belief in the world of, I'm a young kid. I've never even owned a home. I'm 21 here, you know? And so I yeah. bought my first home and I opened this brokerage and we got a, a team of like 15 to 20 realtors. And I just started coaching realtors and pouring my heart and soul into them. So the brokerage actually started not really, it wasn't like an idea. It started out of necessity because I wanted to truly make an impact in, in, a, in a real estate agent's life. And I didn't know that it was more of a business person's life, right? It was a small business person. And so I just wanted to just share like, you know, I, I just fell in love with the concept of, man, if I, if I have something to teach and this will help somebody, I should share it. And then people were like, well, well, hey, how do I join your team now or your brokerage? And I was like, well, man, we should probably have a brokerage. And then I was like, wow, I got really disillusioned with the, with the average um, in real estate or, or any company for that matter. I believe that each person is a beating heart. We call it the starfish marketing method that you ever heard the parable of the young boy walking the beach and the, 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 the tide has washed up all these starfish. And a young boy's grabbing little starfish, throwing them back into the water. And an old man walks up and he says, young, bo young boy, there's miles of beach here and there's tens of thousands of starfish. You're not going to save them all. And he goes, I know I'm not, but he grabs one and he throws it in and he saves that one. And he grabs another and he goes, I know. And I saved that one and I made an impact. And young in, in real estate, I, I didn't like the industry norms of they're just a number. That's just the, the way it is. Those are just the industry averages. I, I, I disagreed with that because... If the turnover rate in real estate, for example, it's a 97% turnover rate. I started speaking at real estate schools and I didn't buy that. I said, no, if, if, they were, if they were pumped to start this business and they invested in their business and they invested in themselves and skill sets and mindset and marketing, even if they're not phenomenal, you could teach them if you had the right system. And so I went to work on the system. And so at the time, the average realtor was selling 2.3 homes per year. Less than three was the average. And I, I just had this crazy idea that if you, instead of thinking in quantity terms and thought about quality and thought about each individual realtor as a beating heart, you're not going to save them all, but those that are motivated, you could save. And so we tried it and I built, it was funny, I built my first online course with this brokerage and I didn't even know what an online course was at the time. And unbeknownst to me, you know, 15 years ago, I'd be doing that today, but we built out a course and I had everything that I, I wanted to know and wanted to learn when I was a young realtor, I just created like a whole training course around it and opened a brokerage around it. And so we were just kind of a coaching company for real estate agents. And what was really cool is the average realtor in my system, instead of 2.3 homes would sell 18, would sell 18 homes per year inside of my system. And dude, I just fell in love with coaching realtors. And so I didn't start the brokerage as some like Eureka, like I'm not a great business person. I never really have been. I've just been a coach. And I believe this, that if you just give enough value and give enough support, people want to be around that. And it's funny, like I have some realtors still with us that are now in my business coaching. You know, one of our realtors has been with me for 15 years, still coaching. And now we're just coaching them on sales funnels and how to write a book and all this stuff. And I just believe that if you're just a good hearted coach and you provide really good stuff, people will want to stay around you for a while. So dude, we created the brokerage 
like I said, just kind of out of necessity. And then what do you need? Well, crap, we need office space to fit these people. You know, we need assistance to help them and support them and stuff. And so, yeah, man, I've never been like the hardcore, like hard driving entrepreneur. I've always just been a, a, a small business coach and the brokerage was birthed out of that necessity, you know, because we needed a logo on the door. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And that's a huge, uh, I mean, it's a huge level of commitment and responsibility, a huge leap of faith. And a courageous endeavor, especially at 21 years old. I mean, I think any entrepreneur that's ever started a business, um, the inspiration is what gets us going, but it's the perspiration, right, that keeps us going. And, and I think part of the reason that the turnover in an industry specifically like real estate is so high is because it looks a lot easier than it is from the outside looking in. And sure. once you're in it, you realize, hey, this is some actual work and it takes a lot of perseverance to really get traction and especially to, to build anything where you're gaining some momentum and building sure. something sustainable. Isn't that the truth, my friend? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of baptism under fire for me, man, is, you know, I could have tried to get a business degree or a marketing degree, but I'll tell you this, when you got $30,000 a month of overhead at 21 years old in multiple office locations and employees, you got to figure your stuff out really, really quickly, you know, and, and it truly is you know, baptism under fire. We joke, me and the family, like, oh, I got, we, we, we spent the money of a Harvard MBA. I just learned it the hard way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, what, yeah. What's the, what's the same? Hard knock. Yeah. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah uh, okay. Well, you know, it's all glitz and glamour, but yeah, man, I, I did learn some, some lessons the really hard way, if that makes sense. Right. Like overhead. I think they call that a master's money, degree in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Real world facts, my friend. Yes. Yes. That's true. Yeah. So what were the things that you took away from that experience? Um, you know, I know that you ran the brokerage for over a decade and, uh, you know, so spanning from your early 20s into your 30s and had a lot of success, had some remarkable achievement um, in the industry. Um, and, and what were the things that you really took away from that experience on your own leadership journey? Man, like the thing that comes to mind first and foremost is follow your own passion and do things your own way. Honestly, like yeah. I think there's a lot of people that have their right belief of this is the way to do it. Visit that for yourself and find, is that the right way for you? You know, and I truly believe that you can have a company, a brand based on who you are and based on your passions and you can train or you can you focus on things that matter the most to you, you know? And I think that, that I found that in my leadership journey is no matter who the person is, I'll use myself as an example. I have certain passions. You have certain passions, right? And I think we, we have to understand as, as a leader that every business is different. Every brand is different. Every person has their own internal beliefs of what they want. And, and, and instead of trying to fit everybody into a one size fits all, I think everybody is unique. And I think everybody has their own goals. And I'll give you a couple of examples, right? Like, I, I know in the world that we live in, you know, you, you chase and you emulate these guys that are balling out making hundred grand a month or a million a month. But I've spoken to a lot of people that if they could just make six figures, they were just completely stoked, but they felt inferior yeah. because they didn't want to have, well, I'm not trying to chase millies and billies. I don't think that that's a bad thing. If you, if you got into real estate or started a side hustle or an online course or your business or wrote a book, right? If you did that and your goal was just to add an extra $4,000 a month, 50 grand a year to your family, are you right or are you wrong? You're mm -hmm. right. That's an amazing goal for you. If you're a stay-at-home mom that's trying to do this just to make a couple after extra thousand bucks versus like the guy that comes out and goes, oh, well, I, I just did a million last month. 
good for you. Congratulations. But not everybody has that goal. And I've just found in my leadership journey is meet people where they're at and know that everybody's got their own goals. Everybody's got their own past and their things that drive them. And show, could this gal that goes out and makes 50 grand, could the next year she come back and want to do 75 or 100? Sure. But she's not wrong for wanting 50. But also the guy that's shooting for 100 grand a month, he's not wrong for wanting 100 grand a month either. Everybody has their own internal beliefs. I've just found that in leadership of whether you're coaching or training or rolling out a marketing system or whatever, give it, like meet each person where they're at and let them take that and run with it for their own unique ability, their own voice. Like I, 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 I fell into this trap where I used to emulate these people that I thought I was supposed to be like, right? And I'll never forget the true story. So I'm at a, I'm at a conference one time and I'm in the front row taking notes and a, a guru, like a guru that I had emulated my entire life. I read all of his stuff. I listened to his, but he was like my guy. So I was literally there like 20 minutes early waiting to hear him talk. And as he was talking, he was talking about things where he was like, you have to be all out of balance. You have to work a hundred hours per week. Uh, and he, he, I remember he said this, he goes, I have a beach house and, and I love surfing, but I stopped surfing because that's an extra two hours per day that now I have back in my business. And then he followed up. He goes, I love ice cream, but I refuse to have ice cream. And I love a glass of wine and I refuse to have a, and he's telling this to prove the point home of, of clear commitment. And, and I appreciate, and I understand that. And I remember that I ran into him in like the hallway and the guy had makeup on and he was kind of a jerk. And I was just like, wait, man, when I get to the point of having a beach house, I actually want to surf and I want to have ice cream and I want to have a glass of wine with my wife. And who's right? He was saying that from the standpoint of that's what his focus was. And he was excited about that in his life. And he was holding himself accountable to the commitment. And then I'm on the other side going, Man, but like, I really want to connect with the, the earth and, and surfing and spirituality and like meditation and stuff. Who's right? We're both right. But it was interesting because I, I looked up to him so much, Eric. I wore three-piece three piece suits just like him. I tried to look just like him. And then when yeah. I met him, I was like, I don't want to be you. It was really, it was, it was mind-boggling to me. So who's right in that arena? We're both right. Everybody's yeah. got their own vehicle, their own goals. And so like, do what makes you happy and chase what makes you happy. You know, some people love a Tesla. I, I want a surf fan. Who's right? We're both right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everybody's got their own thing that like they're in love with. I remember when the Tesla truck came out, right? Like everybody was flipping out and threw deposits down on it. I thought it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but some people love the thing. And who's right? To them, it's the badass new technology and all the above. I'm over here trying to buy a 1950s Volkswagen bus so me and my dog can go down to the beach. Who's right? I want the wind in my hair and I want no radio or nothing like that. They want the tech and the big touch screen. We're both right. And that's the thing that I found, brother, to your question in leadership is it's not a, it's not a one size fits all, man. Everybody's got their own beautiful shapes and sizes and goals and beliefs and take on marketing and way of doing video and their podcasts. And I just think that that is a beautiful thing, my friend. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. And I think, I think to the point of, of being right, it's really what's right for you. It's really a question of alignment. And, um, you know, I think that succeeding in business or succeeding in an industry like real estate, there's probably a dozen different approaches or more that would lead to success. However, we want to quantify success. And they all work as long as you work them effectively. But what's most important is success is defined by what it means to us. So we've wow. got to find the one that fits us, right? Exactly. And, and go all in on that. Yeah. And it's not the resources that you have available. It's your resourcefulness of those resources, my friend. It's one of my favorite quotes. 
You know, if you look at it this way, you're in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Let's say you wanted to get fit and in shape and lose some weight and get skinny for summer or whatever, look good in a bikini. Do you know what the best, like the number one gym in Phoenix, Arizona is? I don't. So what's the difference? You got what? You know, Anytime Fitness, Mountainside Fitness, 24 Fitness, your local mom and pop, your CrossFit, you know, whatever, right? You could just go on and on and on. The best one there is the one that you're using. That's the one, man. Yeah. The treadmill in the treadmill in your gym in your city is probably not too different than the treadmill in the one, you know, 50 miles across town. They're probably all gonna have what? A treadmill, some bikes, some yeah. like a yoga studio, some free weights. It's the one that you're walking into, you know? And I just think that that's that's a beautiful thing if you understand that, that everything comes in shapes and colors and sizes. It's just the one that you're plugging into. What's the right marketing avenue? Should I be doing Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, podcast, TikToking? What's the one you're focused on? Yeah. 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 The one you love, right? The one you love. So let's talk about your, uh, your transition because, uh, you know, you reached some significant heights in real estate. You had some very notable accomplishments and, uh, you made a decision a few years ago that, um, it was not the thing you were passionate about. It was great for a season, but it wasn't, uh, necessarily the thing, um, that was most meaningful to you for a lifetime of work. And, uh, and so you made a transition and, uh, let's just share a little bit on that and what inspired that and, uh, and kind of what that looked like for you. Yeah. Um, well, the transition wasn't, wasn't something I, I asked for or wished for or wanted, but I don't know anybody, you know, listen to your beliefs, but sometimes, you know, uh, God, in my opinion, uh, will, will, will grab you by the scruff of your neck and put you and point you in a different direction that he wants your, your legacy to go, your life to go. Um, so yeah, the story is, man. So we were, we were selling about 200 homes per year, 225 homes per year, had a million dollar per year business. And uh, when I say that for everybody listening, whenever somebody touts those numbers, we had overhead. I didn't get to keep all that, all that money. Like it's so funny. We're like, oh, we made a million. I was like, no, you grossed a million, you know? So we did like mm-hmm. 1.5 million per year growth and we had some overhead and assistance and, and stuff like that. And so, but dude, like it was great. You know, I had one top 40 realtors under 40, top five team leaders, uh, in, 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 in the Valley. Um, I was, I had a fix and flip division and we were flipping homes and that was pretty cool. Making like 25, 50 grand a home. I had bought my own home and flipped it and remodeled it. Um, you know, I, I had everything you would think you want as a realtor, right? I was the CEO of my own company. You know, I, 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 uh, you know, we had 25 employees, 25 agents and, and man, I had my home and, and low overhead and we were making money and I was traveling and we were flipping homes. And I thought, this is it, dude. You know, this is awesome. I've built for, I've built this. I've worked for this. We were on the back page of the, of the city newspaper, you know? So like when we go out to dinner, I'm on the back page of the newspaper. It was everything that I thought it was, in my opinion, in my goals and not somebody listening has bigger goals than that. But for me, man, 200 homes per year, I was pretty stoked about that. It was kind of like the pinnacle and could we have done more? Yeah. But like I started making a lot of money and traveling, man. I went to Ireland, we went to Mexico. I took my dad to Ireland, you know, like we were, we were traveling and we were, we were going to all inclusives and, and I, I was working my tail off and I had a lifestyle around that. Got to see my, my Chicago Cubs in the world series, like in Chicago at Wrigley, like we were, I was working a lot, but I would work like three and a half weeks. And then I would take like the weekend of uh, once a month and go travel, man. And so I had Eric, what I thought was a perfect little life, man. And I was stoked. I was young we had money in the bank you know, and, and we were acquiring some assets and building some wealth. And then uh, two days before Christmas, I'll never forget it, dude. So December the 22nd, I had a $25,000 day, like realtors that are listening, know what I'm talking about. I had 25 grand. I go to the, to the bank before they close, put 25 grand in. Uh, Ironically, I'll never forget this. We had found a lost dog. 
Uh, he had came into one of our open houses. So I, I, I put up flyers and we got the dog rescued. And like, yeah. so this was like right before Christmas, I made all this money. I'm going to take the next like, you know, a uh, uh, week off. And I was just, I was proud, man. And very next day I'm, I'm meeting with a buddy. Ironically, he wanted to sell his home and we were chatting over, over lunch and, and had a couple of beers and stuff. And, you know, I'm off, I'm off work for the next 10 days, man. Like let's live life. Um, and ironically, I had a condo, uh, an Airbnb rented in San Diego. I lived in Phoenix at the time. So we were going to do Christmas and then go spend a week on the beach. Life is good, my friend. I got everything in this world I want. I'm going to rest up and we're going to get ready for uh, 2018, uh, which was going to be a big year. And uh, uh, literally that day, two days before Christmas, we're having lunch and we walk out of the restaurant and I collapsed to the floor. Collapsed. Literally legs gave out. I fell and I'll never forget it because I fell into an ashtray, like a, like a, like a rock ashtray was what I caught myself on. And, and I'm looking up at him. It's crazy. I, I, the story's like burned into my brain, bro. Um, and it's in my new book. I just got a chance to really write it all out. And, and I remember looking up at him, like, like begging him, like, hey man, pick me up. And I, and I couldn't process what was happening, but my legs were, were gone. I had no feeling in my legs. And, and I lost all control from my belly button down, um, actually pissed my pants, laying there on the ground. And I'm trying to process what happens. And I'm, the last thing I remember is him looking at me and I was like, dude, please pick me up. And then I, I kind of hazily remember the ambulance coming. And then I woke up like eight hours later in the emergency room. And I'm like, what, what, I don't understand why am I here? What happened? What's going on? And, and to make a very long story short, somehow, some way, um, my spinal column had split open. Just nobody knows how and created a tumor on my spine. In the middle of my spine, there was a tumor that had wrapped itself around all of my nerves and I had lost feeling from the belly button down temporarily. And so it would flare up and flare down and flare up and flare down. And so prior to that, I had had some symptoms. So it did make somewhat sense to me. Like I had some numbness, a lot of back pain, um, but you just grit your teeth and move through it, you know? And so um, they did the MRI, you know, after a lot of tests and, 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 and said, hey, you know, there's, there's literally a tumor on your spine and we have to take you in for a, for a neurosurgery and you might not ever walk again. And so um, never forget it on, on February the 18th, 2018, man, I went in for a nine hour <laughs> neurosurgery in the Chandler Regional Hospital, a uh, nine hour neurosurgery. And uh, luckily, you know, by the grace of God, we had one of the best neurosurgeons in the nation and yeah. um, the surgery was a success. And so, you know, I wake up in the ICU hospital room, um, had a drain out of my spine and tubes out of my arms. And you're just laying there in the hospital wondering, you know, am I going to walk again? And that was the conversation. Like, are you going to be able to walk or not? You know, and they had to talk to me and say, Nick, like this could be temporary, just so you're aware. You could wake up and you might wake up in a wheelchair, just so you're aware, you know, and, and, and laying in, in that hospital room, man, I had to process that. And so I was in the ICU for, for uh, about 12 days, I believe. And um, I was on 24-hour care, you know, and making sure that nothing was wrong and making sure that, that everything was, was okay. Um, and yeah, man, that's, that's kind of the thing that, that, that changed my trajectory in life. And Eric, the, the thing that really was impactful for me was laying in the ICU alone. I was alone most of the time. And what was interesting about being in, in that environment, because I had a neurosurgery, I had to be woken up every single hour. So I had to do a test at the, at the, at the turning of the hour on my, on my eyes, on my hands, and on my feet to make sure I had feeling. And so if you picture, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I had to be woken up at the, at the clock strikes, you know, over. You're not getting any rest at all. You're not getting any rest, man. And so, you know, laying in the ICU, I was wide awake at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And you hear a lot of the moans and the groans and the cries and the screams. And, and, and to me, man, I, a true definition of what hell I, I think could feel like. And 
I just remember laying there one night and they'd woke me up at two o'clock in the morning. And so prior to, to, to once I got in the ICU room, it was kind of like in a circle and, and they wanted me to start walking with a walker to make sure like the, the uh, walking felt really good for me. And like, for me being an athlete, I was like, okay, well, we need to get me back. So like, I, I called it rehab instead of like surgery. I was like, Hey, I'm here to rehab. Like, let's go. And so I'm on this walker walking around the, the ICU. And, you know, in my time there, there, not everybody made it out of that, out of that hospital that I was in. And, and I remember when you're walking in the circle, there was a room that I called it the death room that if your family member died, you went into this room. Well, Eric, I'm walking four or five times a day in a circle. So I had to walk by that room over and over and over again. And you saw the grieving families and do that. I mean, just being there alone, man. And I remember one night, it was like my second or third day. We're like, okay, I think, I think the surgery is going to stick. And I just remember laying there looking at my life. And I asked myself this question. I was like, if I had died on that operating table, you know, when I said goodbye to my father and I gave him a kiss goodbye to go into the surgery, I remember thinking, what, what would my legacy have been? And it's really cool and beautiful that we're here. And I remember that word came up. I didn't really know you at the time, but I was like, what was my legacy and what impact had I made in this world? And I remember just laying there, just, I had done some good stuff, man. Like we held some dog adoption events some fundraisers. I, I had done some little stuff and we had helped, you know, maybe a couple hundred realtors. Right. And like, that was cool. And that was cute and it was neat, but I was in one town. And I just remember thinking, man, if I get out of here, I'm going to share and I'm going to share and I'm going to share on a larger scale. And I didn't know what it looked like at the time, Eric, but I knew that I needed to get out of one little city and move that to something larger. And, and that's yeah. really has been my fuel ever since, man. And that was the day we call it the day the triumphant life was born. Eric was born laying right there with a drain out on his spine at two o'clock in the morning. And so they come in and tested me and they left. And I just remember laying there, just, just tears just coming down my face going, if I had to go look at the, the book of my life of 32 years, I wouldn't have changed anything, but I knew that I could rewrite a better story. And I knew that I could make a lot more of an impact. And I had made some sort of a smaller impact, but I just, I was like, man, I really want to make an impact. And I've kind of dedicated my life to that ever since. Yeah. Well, what a traumatic experience to live through. Um, and just, you know, I can only imagine the thoughts, you know, running through your head, especially somebody that's active and athletic. And I mean, just for anybody, just the the, the idea of the loss of mobility. And um, um, so I, I think that the inspiration that that created in you, it, it was probably an off, most authentic form of self. Like that was your truth conversation that was coming out, you know, in that moment of, of extreme vulnerability. Um, and then, you know, to your credit, since that time, I've just seen you step into that space bigger and bigger. And so can we talk a little bit about the evolution of, of triumphant life um, and, you know, how you've grown and evolved that. And then, um, you know, I want to get to menace and the work that you're doing today. Yeah, man. Again, funny how I opened my first real estate brokerage. This was birthed out of, out of necessity, man, is you're, you're in an environment that you don't want to be in. You're in rock bottom, right? And, and, and yeah. you know, when you're at rock bottom and you're on your back looking up, there's only one way. You, you can't get any worse than where you're at, you know? And so, um, you know, I spent a lot of time internally and it wasn't pretty and it wasn't perfect. But, you know, you start looking at what do I want? You know, what makes me happy? And Eric, I was living in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And I had had a goal in my entire life to learn to surf. Well, I'm not too good at geography, but there's not too many oceans or waves in, in Phoenix and Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, and so to catch waves out here. Well, no, man, you know, I think we all, we all, we all have this someday 
mindset, right? Someday, yeah. you know, when my business hits X, then I'll go get this. Or like, you know, when we hit this, then I'll take the family to Disneyland or then I'll take a vacation. And I remember saying, okay, well, when I read, you know, next year, I'll think about moving to San Diego. And I was like, Nick, we almost just lost everything. You have nothing. Dude. You have nothing to lose. You're at rock bottom, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, you got to start over somehow. What is someday today now? And I, I was like, yeah, it really is. And so um, I took a trip up the West Coast, man. And, and, and anybody listening, please know, like this story is not about me. This is about you. Like, Eric, one of the things that I've gained a sincere appreciation for, you know, when I went through my, my accident, we call it the accident, um, is I've gained a sincere appreciation that a lot of people that I speak with, mine was a physical surgical accident. But somebody, it could have been a divorce, a loss of a family member, uh, a failed business. Most people that I speak with have that one, that one turn back moment, like that one moment where they're just like, man, I don't want this anymore. And then they go make some changes, which is a really beautiful thing. We all have that one traumatic thing. And for me, I just looked at it and said, you know, man, I, I don't want that anymore. That was a very dark place. You know, how do I, how do I change this? And, and what is my someday's? You know, what are these bucket list things that I've been putting off? And for me, it was, I wanted to drive the entire West Coast. And yeah. so I hopped in the Jeep with my puppy dog and we started in San Diego and went all the way up through California and saw San Francisco, went up to Oregon and saw like Cannon Beach where the Goonies was filmed, went up to Washington. I had never been to Seattle, got to go to the fish market where they're throwing the fish back and forth oh, and yeah. um, got to see Washington. And, and dude, I, I, I did all the beaches all the way down. And about seven days into that trip, man, I just knew that the ocean was calling my name and I wanted to be part of that. And so we started in San Diego and, and then about three weeks later, I ended in San Diego and I just went in and felt that this was going to be home, man. And so I burnt my ships, dude. I, I left everything that I have. I gave the brokerage to my partner. I sold my home and I moved into a little studio apartment, Airbnb for a month and just said, Hey, we're going to figure this thing out. And that's what got me here, man. And so I just know you know, no matter where you're at, you have to do something you've never done to do something you've never done. And you're going to have to take yeah. massive action in something. And if it's something that you want, oftentimes you have to burn your, show, your ships and, and cut off all options of return, you know? And, and that's what I did. I sold, I sold my home because I knew that if I came here and kept that home, I'd have a chance to go back. And yeah, man, that was about um, three, not, three years ago and uh, best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah, I think that that's incredible. I mean, that takes uh, certainly a leap of faith, but I think you're you're extremely intentional about it. You got really, really crystal clear um, on what you were going to do, and then you were willing to to take action and let go of the life that you knew to step into the life that you desired and wanted to create. Yeah, I think if the intentions there and and the missions there and the hearts there, the how will present itself. I didn't know how. I knew that I was going to be in online coaching. I knew that I was going to help people like as a small business coach. I didn't know what that looked like though, right? I didn't know uh, the details of it. And dude, a lot of testing, a lot of failure, a lot of falling flat on my face, a lot of having people throw stones and eggs at me, laughing at me, you know? Like you have to imagine, Eric, I walked away from a brokerage that was selling 200 homes per year and you know, the conversations, the Facebook comments, the Instagram messages, you know, dude, you're making the biggest mistake of your life, dude, come back. And, and to some that looks like that, but those aren't my goals. Those are their goals, right? Like I told right. you, dude, like I want to surf. I want to be by the ocean. I, this is, I love it. I love seafood. I love being in this environment that makes me really, really happy. And so I'm willing to sacrifice 
my ego, my my uh, reputation, and I mean, I've burnt a lot of bridges in that process where people are just like, "Dude, he lost his he lost his mind." Okay, well, you're you're not running my goals. You you weren't there in the hospital with me to understand what that was like, and you're not part of the new mission. And and I think that that's a very big thing for those listening is if you have a passion in your heart, dig into that thing and own that. And I, I feel that we get tested. You know, Eric. You know, as the market started booming in these past years in, in Phoenix, Arizona, where my brokerage was you know, my team's still selling homes. So I've had every opportunity to go back or team up with you or whatever. And so dude, the resolve and the faith in myself when like we had $0 of money coming in and my bank account is losing literally five, $10,000 per month. And like my, you know, yeah. you guys are balling my, you know, oh, so-and-so made a hundred grand last month. Da, 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 da. Dude, do you know, like the, the thoughts that go through your head of like, are we sure we're on the right path here? Uh, but I go oh, back yeah. to, uh. I go back to this dude is I believe that if, you're, if your intention's right and your heart's in the right place, you'll find a way. And, and I knew that I was going to coach people. I knew that I was going to help them, whether that's writing books or doing online courses and stuff. And I knew that I would figure out a way. And we're not perfect, but we've helped some people along the way. And to me, I, I've saved a couple starfish, back to that analogy, man. And I haven't yeah. saved the millions that I'm trying to, but we've got a couple. And I'm pretty proud of those couple people that I've been able to help along the way. Well, I think you've impacted a lot of people, you know, with your work so far. And uh, I applaud you for your resolve and just in leaning in and staying the course, because I know that the journey definitely has its ups and downs as it does in any area of growth or any area of innovation or transformation in our lives. And you've just stayed the course and your heart has always been really convicted in the same thing and your desire to help people and add value and really create a transformational experience for them. So I certainly salute you for that. I know that you've had a tremendous influence. And I think part of reaching millions of people is the ripple effect that you're creating. Because uh, when you have an impact in, uh, in someone else's life in a way that, that transforms something, whether it's a paradigm shift or a new system or business model, a new way of thinking, something that you know creates something like the Live Your Legacy podcast, which you've encouraged me to lean into this platform and this conversation for years. <laughs> Probably encouraged you so too many times on that one. There's a ripple effect that's created yeah. from that though. Like we don't know how far this is going to reach. And I mean, the truth is I'm not attached to it. And I know that you're not either. The intention is just to provide some goodness in the world. And however that resonates with people is how it was intended to, to evolve. Let's talk about your... Uh, you know, how you've transitioned from, you've got the triumphant platform, which is really um, creating powerful leaders or empowering leaders um, to have a voice, to get their message out, to live life uh, in a big way. And I, and I do want to say to that, um, it, was, it was personally impactful for me because you pushed me um, to really do a 30-day challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it started with encouragement and because you're a, a good friend, there probably was a little bit of element of push at one point, um, just cause I needed the extra nudge cause I'm stubborn. Um, but the 30 day challenge was something that really had a transformative effect in my own life. And it was around wellness. And I started with 30 days and it just kept going and going yeah. and going, but, but without the catalyst for that and the framework and your encouragement, um, you know, I may never have started that journey. Sure. And I've seen you do that with people over and over and over again. And so can you talk a little bit about the mission of triumphant and then, um, and then we'll talk about, you know, how you're, how you're building that into the framework of what you're doing today. Yeah, man, I, I'd be honored to actually, you know, Eric, I, I, I think the the best coaching, the best 
systems uh, come out of somebody that, that wanted to solve a problem that had a lot of pain with that problem. And the 30-day challenge and the triumphant life was born from me. After my accident being at rock bottom, I had put on a, a, about 60 pounds. Uh, I'd been eating and drinking more you know, to, to kind of numb the pain. Uh, you know, yeah. I had been drinking whiskey to try to numb the pain and the emotions. And I fell into a very deep, dark depression. And I'm, I'm not upset about it. I'm, I'm actually very proud to talk about that because I think a lot of people struggle with that. And so, you know, if, when you're facing being paralyzed from the waist down and never walking again, you know, that, that is a very deep, dark emotion. And I'm not mad at myself for, for eating too much or drinking too much. I'm very proud of myself for acknowledging that. And that's where the 30 day challenge was born. It was born because I was fat and I was embarrassed and I was upset and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I was lost, but I knew this motion creates emotion. And I knew this, I needed to lose weight bad. Because I was an ex-college football player in shape, you know, like a lot of my identity was in a decent looking body and I had turned into a shell of myself. And I remember just feeling like I wasn't myself. And so how do we do this? The, the thing that I found is this, Eric, when we're standing at the bottom of the mountain, we call it the mountain here at the Triumphant Life. It's a very real term, the mountain. You're standing at the bottom looking up and it seems like it's going to take forever. And oftentimes these goals do take a while to go make a million bucks or lose 60 pounds in my case, or in your case, lose 85 pounds, but you can't get to the top of the mountain just with snapping your fingers. It takes one step and then another, and we call it a right and then a left. And so how do you lose 85 pounds? You don't go lose 85 pounds. You start with just going on a simple little run. So real story, dude, that's why I moved to San Diego. So I moved to San Diego because I wanted to be closer to the beach. I felt inspired by the beach. There's just something in the ocean water that makes me feel good. But I also wanted to get out of my environment that I was very toxic in and come to a new environment. And I felt that, that if I could run on the beach, it would be softer on my knees, my joints, and my back than it would be running on concrete in Phoenix, Arizona. This is a true story, dude, like non-fabricated. Like the story, uh, it's funny, the Instagram version of stuff is, look at Nikki T moving to San Diego and the beach life and living. That was the Instagram highlight reel. The real story was, I wanted to get out of my environment. I rented the smallest studio apartment that was a guest house behind some guy's house with like no fridge, no stove, no closet. Like I left a 2000 square foot home for this. And very first morning, I got up and I went for a run on the beach and I could barely get through half a mile, dude, without huffing and puffing and everything hurt. And I was just, I was upset. I remember crying like every run, just feeling like I have so far to go. And maybe somebody listening has felt that way where you just feel like you want it so bad. But I found that if I could just focus on my daily disciplines, I would mm-hmm. get there eventually. And, and the idea that I have, because I'm not the sharpest spoon in the drawer, but man, if I just did this 30 minutes per day, just over and over and over again and ate healthy, there's no way I'm not going to burn at least some weight. And so, dude, I started running every single day and this started developing the 30-day challenge. And what the 30-day challenge was, before it really had a name and like a, a program around that was, Hey, dude, get your fat butt out of bed and go run every day on the beach for, for, for 30 minutes. That's really was what it was. And so I was, yeah. the goal that I had was I was going to run every single morning. I was going to get up at 7 a.m. and go to the beach and run for 30 minutes. And that was the goal. And the first week, I could barely get to the 30 minutes. And it was like, I would run and then walk and then run and then walk. And then, dude, after the first week, I, I, I ran a mile. And this is a kid that, that didn't think he would ever run again. And then by the second week, I could get to like a mile and a half. And then that 30 minutes became like, well, I could run the full 30 minutes. And then after like week two, 
I could get up to like two miles. And I'm like, wow, okay, two weeks ago, didn't know if I could run. And, and I started to lose some weight. And, and when you get momentum, motion creates emotion. So what do you want to do? I wanted to eat a little bit better. And so I started having like some salads and I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm still really fat and I have like 59 pounds to go. I might've lost one pound, but man, that's one pound. And like, it started to build momentum. And then I started to like get excited about it. I was like, okay, cool. Well, man, I should start reading every day and like listen to some inspirational stuff. And then dude, like by like week three, I'm running like two or three miles. I'm listening to inspiration stuff. And I'm like, wow, dude, I ran 45 minutes today. And so the weight started coming off a little bit more. And when you get momentum on stuff, and here's the coolest thing about the Triumphant Life 30-Day Challenge is when you go do something yourself, you're the one proving to yourself that you're worthy because I didn't feel worthy. I felt useless. I felt like this was going to never happen. So instead of putting it on like an external personal trainer, you have the ability in yourself to blow your business up, to blow your social media up, to go lose the weight, whatever. And so the power of the social, the 30-Day Challenge is I was the one doing that, dude. So dude, I got up to week three and I'm running like three or four miles. I'll never forget it, brother. I was running on the beach. It's day 29, day 30, and I'm running. And the GP, you know, you got like your counter and your ear was like, you've reached one mile. You've reached two miles. You've reached three miles. And I remember I was like, like, you know, these are slow miles, dude. Like, they're not cool. Like, this is like, a, if you film the process, it looked pretty dirty from the outside. But in my mind, you know, it worked. And I remember hey, getting completed to, miles, though. Yeah, I remember it going, you've reached four miles. And I was like, Wow. I could barely get to that. You know, I didn't know if I was going to walk again. So true story. I was like, man, do you think I can get to five? And so like, it took everything that I had on day 30, dude. And I run and somebody listening that runs more than five miles a day is going to be laughing. But if you didn't think you'd walk again, you know, this was like a Herculean thing. And GPS yeah. goes, you've reached five miles. And man, I'm standing on the, on sunset cliffs overlooking the ocean. And I just lost it hysterically, just started crying and laughing like Rocky at the top of the stairs, you know, like, yeah, oh my gosh. And, and I wasn't where I wanted to be yet. And I knew that, you know, losing 60 pounds was going to take some time, but I had lost 20 pounds in that first month. And 20 pounds yeah. is a lot of weight, my dude. And so it proved to me that if you just commit to something for 30 days, you can truly change your life in 30 days. So fast forward, dude, um, uh, a year later, I was like, you know what? What would be the ultimate F you back to the accident and the tumor? Be running a marathon. And so I took the same approach and, and I ran a marathon. Uh, uh, and I was really, really proud, man, to run a marathon within a year and a half of, um, of not being able to walk again. And I was pretty proud of that. So brother, that's the 30 day challenge was just born because I wanted to do something. And, and, and the power of it is it's committing to something every single day for 30 days, committing to no yeah. alcohol for 30 days, committing to not smoking for 30 days, committing to reading for 30 days, committing to writing for 30 days, committing to a social media post for 30 days. There's just something powerful about the turning of a chapter and a new month, because coming from a guy that's screwed up a lot of things in his life and had a lot of regret, you can't change the past at all. But what you can do is that turning of the page, whether that's the coming Monday or the coming month, you could turn the chapter, you could throw the old calendar out and get a fresh one. So what we tell people to do is go get a, a magnet, a 30-day magnet from Amazon. And you literally put it on your fridge and we just call it the red X's. And the joke was, all you simply had to do was 30 minutes per day. And I knew that. I was like, okay, I can do 30 minutes. I can do 30 minutes. And, and I apply that 30-minute principle to, that's how I wrote my first book. That's how you started a podcast. You just, if you just applied 30 minutes to all these different things and you did that for 30 days straight, one time per day, by the time that 30 days goes by, you're going to look back and go, holy crap, dude. If you looked at it this yeah. way, simple analogy is this. If you wanted, if you went and ran one mile per day, which takes you like 15, 20 minutes, right? This was my analogy. 
And I was like, okay, cool. If you just did one mile per day, you took 30 minutes, a, a walk or a run. If you did 30 miles in 30 days, if you got into your car right now and drove 30 miles, do you know how far 30 miles is? Yeah, that's a long way. It's freaking far, but one per day, right? Writing one chapter of a book per day, recording a 20-minute video per day. At the end of that 30 days, you have an entire online course. You have an entire book written. Like, and, and I just fell in love with this concept of commit to something for 30 days straight. Commit to something and just cross it off every single day, dude. And so that, that's a 30-day challenge. And uh, you, were, you were part of it, man. You got a chance. You were the very first group to go through the 30-day challenge other than me. Do you want to share your experience? Oh, man. I actually, uh, I bought the jumbo magnetic calendars. Mine yeah. were 42 days. So I had six weeks of, of tracking on each calendar, I think. And um, I ended up with six of them on my fridge. I went 264 straight days which took me from when I started to uh, Christmas Eve and I decided I'm going to take a little break for the holidays. And uh, yeah, I I was 84 pounds lighter. Um, My business was flourishing. I had a lot of clarity. It just, um, it absolutely uh, had a transformative effect in my life. So and, and you've actually had a transformative effect in mind because what, what, what it leads me to, to the message that I really have today and, and, and believe in is the fact that somebody out there needs your help and needs to learn from your story. And even if it's one starfish, and even if you just save one, it's worth it. And let me share with you a story. I had shared a, a video on social media that I was kind of nervous to share, but I was pretty, pretty vulnerable in it talking about my accident. And um, you know, I, I, I hit post on it. And I, I almost tried to delete it like three times, but I was like, oh, just leave it up. I don't know why. Well, I know why now. Um, uh, two days later, I get a video from a gentleman in a hospital gown and he was in the emergency room. And he said, um, it was a, like a DM on, on Instagram. And he said, hey, I just wanted to let you know um, that video you put out two days ago, something you said inspired me to check myself into the hospital. Um, I was contemplating suicide. And uh, there was something in your video that, that inspired me to get here to get help. And I wanted to just say thank you. And, and, and I get real deep on this stuff now because now I understand my story. Steve Jobs says you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And I know right. now why I was given a second chance. I know now why what the triumphant life is and what the triumphant life's mission is. Our mission is to help people triumph in business and in life. And however I have to do that, you know, a lot of it's a 30-day challenge. Um, and it was really interesting because I, I realized that if I hadn't shared that message, he wouldn't have had that. And, and where would that story have ended up? I don't know. Right, um, and and I know as we were transitioning my business uh, going online, the thirty day challenge was something that I was nervous to put out, and and it was right after COVID. I'll never forget it, and 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 I was just like, wow, this really helped me. Am I, am I worthy? I don't know how to do an online course. I don't know the technology. What am I going to do? And I literally threw it out there, and and you were one of the first ones, and I just said, hey, I, I'm not perfect, and this is the thing for people listening or watching, whatever is, you don't have to be perfect. If you literally just lead with your heart and you, you genuinely care and you've genuinely done something for yourself and had a transformation for yourself, nobody can take that away from you. And I remember thinking, what are they going to say about me? And will my videos be perfect? And I had like a big beard at the time. And I was like, whatever, dude, just lead with your big smile and just share your story. And so we invited yeah. people to sign up for the 30-day challenge. And we had 15 people sign up. My very first online launch, we sold it yeah. for 97 bucks. I made $1,500, you know? Um, <laughs> and we took you guys through the very first 30-day challenge. And what was powerful is you had lost 22 pounds in the first month. And Multiple people came back. And, and even today, I just got a message on Instagram. This is two, three years later. A gal said, hey, that was the day that my life changed forever because of that program. And I remember thinking, like, what if I had been so afraid 
in my own world and couldn't have overcome that, that you would have never got to experience that or lost 85 pounds or whatever that story is. And I believe in that concept so much, Eric, of, you know, if you're listening right now, what could, like, what do you want to share? Like, what do you want to say? Like, could you write a book or start an online course or go live on Facebook or Instagram or record that YouTube video or start that podcast? Because somebody needs to hear your message. Somebody's life will be benefited by your help. And we get caught up in this idea of like, well, I'm not that guru yet. Yeah, you are. Because that guru had to start somewhere. That guru that's got a million followers had to start with one follower. It's funny. If you go back and look at a lot of their early videos from like 10 years ago, they're probably worse than you are today starting out, right? And so (laughs) everybody had to start somewhere. And I just find this absolute beauty. Eric, I have this belief that I will never beg for a seat at another man's table when I can build my own. And what that means to me is start your own podcast, write your own book, throw your own seminar because somebody's life is going to be impacted by your story. If you've truly had a transformation for yourself or you've truly helped a client make a transformation and the product or service that you have, if it truly helps somebody, understand that that person that you serve, that client, that community, like for me, I coach small business owners and we help them package themselves as an expert by writing a book and doing an online course. That frustration that they have, your ideal client has a problem that they want to solve, right? They were up late last night scrolling TikTok with mad anxiety, watching Netflix. They were up late stressing about this problem. And this is like a real thing, right? And so they were up early. When they poured their cup of coffee this morning, that problem is still with them. When they got out of the shower and looked in the mirror, that problem is still with them. When they got in the car to go to work, that problem, that anxiety, that stress is still with them. And and once you understand that at a core level, the struggle, you want to share. To me, it's no longer creating content. It's, It's sharing stuff to make an impact. Mm-hmm. I will only come on and share stuff that I know will truly make an impact in their life. Don't try to just get stuff out. Share stuff from the heart because you don't know who's watching and you don't know who needs to hear your message. And so, man, that's just been, you know, it always birthed out of necessity, Eric, because I struggled very, very badly with a very deep, dark depression and, and, and being lost and just like a ship out at sea in nothingness. And I've just found not everything, but like a couple things that like, kind of worked really well and saved my life and have made an impact in other people's lives. And so I feel it is now my duty and my obligation to share that. And this isn't just about me. This is about you listening. What gift do you have that the world needs to hear about? Like that video that I shared that, that saved that man's life that got him to check into the emergency room. Do you know how many tens of thousands and millions of people are out there struggling with the product that you do? Like the thing that you take for granted Somebody else wants that answer. And that's a powerful thing. And I found that by offering the very first 30-day challenge up to you guys online, to me, it was simple. 30 workouts, 30 days, no alcohol, things like this. But to you guys, it was like, I knew about it because I had done it a year prior. But then when you guys did it and I watched you go, that's just a powerful thing, man. So so my belief today is every starfish matters, man. And whether that's just one or or a thousand, make that impact, brother, and share. Share your story. As you can tell, like in this, this is, uh, you know, unedited. This is real raw. And this is the way that I believe we should communicate. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. And I just truly believe in this. That's why I believe in the power of writing a book. That's why I believe in the power of podcast and the, and the power of an online course, my friend. Yeah, man. Share that message. Let's talk a little bit about menace to society and menace to business and uh, the work that you're doing now and the partnership that you have and some exciting stuff coming up with that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the menace in business was birthed out of necessity, man. Like we just talked about, it was, it was us. You were part of it. It was funny is I, I, I've 
wanted to just coach people since I was a young kid, man. Like, uh, you know, even in football, as the captain of the football team. So you're grabbing your guys, you know, and you're just helping people out. And, you know, it's funny, the whole story that we started with, I was 20 years old, just coaching a real estate team, you know, owning a brokerage, yeah, coaching a real estate team. And I just wanted to coach small business owners. And so when I moved to San Diego, I missed my friends. I missed the people that I was coaching. And so we threw a date on the calendar and said, hey, we're going to hold this mastermind. We've never done one. Who wants to come? And I was nervous. Just what I shared. And you came and, and, and our friend James P. Engel came and 15 people bought plane tickets and flew in to see me. And I was like, well, crap, how do I run a mastermind? I have no idea. And so I'm like Googling how to run a mastermind, you know, like we need workbooks and stuff. And so dude, we, you know, we rented a, a big, beautiful home on the beach. And I, I believe Eric, if your heart is in the right place and your intentions are in the right place, it'll just work itself out. So we, you guys came in and we had, you know, an amazing time. We brought in a, a personal trainer that taught us workouts and high energy for entrepreneurs. You spoke on, on live your legacy. You know, we just chatted about marketing for two days and it was a hit. And then COVID hit, so we couldn't do it again. But but about seven months ago, um, we threw another one here in, in, in January. And you came and you brought some friends with it. And we were sitting around talking about business. And, and what I found was when you put together like-minded individuals, small business owners, entrepreneurs, we all share a lot of similar experiences. But you can also yeah. share things that you know, things that you're struggling with. And you also have some, some insights that are really, really good. And so I've just found in my life, you condense years by being around people that are doing other things. So yeah, for example, you're accelerators, said, right? Hey, Nikki T, how did you start your podcast? Oh, bro, go to this, 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 right. And it took you, you know, you can have that launched like in a week. And so I found that way with marketing, with YouTube ads, with sales funnels, writing a book called the above. And so we had 18 of us come together in January and the group was just on fire. And, you know, we've had people completely change their lives and their businesses from our small mastermind events. And we're sitting around the table and, and it was us. It was this collective group of guys that had been in my life for years that we would spend time together doing collaborations and masterminding and brainstorming. You were one of them. And it kind of was just birth, uh, just this beautiful thing. We were sitting around the table, true story, our, our dear friend, Jim Ingle, he goes, you guys are a bunch of menaces. Y'all just menaces. <laughs> and for some reason that name stuck, but my two partners, Terrence and Jason, man, we had been doing this together for five, six years. And they've been part of all of these masterminds. And we just decided that if we truly want to make an impact in small business owners, there's certain things that I'm great at, but I have the, the, I, I'm able to take my ego away and know that my partner, Terrence is better at that than I am. And my partner, Jason is better at that than I am. Terrence is the sales ads. He's a sales funnel and paid ads savant. He is incredible. Like incredible. He's one of the raddest business people I've ever met on how to scale a business. Dude just crushed a million dollar month. He's been a mentor to me who's been advising my business. Then on the other hand is my partner, Jason Von Payne, who's the king of social media and getting attention. Yeah. He built a $12 million roofing company inside of two and a half years. And then there's me as the coach and the foundation and this online course guy. And I was doing my thing with online coaching and they were going to do their things. And then one day, the three of us just had this conversation of, dude, if we combine the three of, uh, of our minds together, we could truly change the world. And, and I believe that. And so, dude, so Menace was born. We got our first little run of hats in that I'm wearing right now. And Love again, it. back to what I said, if you put your intentions in the right place and your heart in the right place and you have the right mission, the how will present itself. And so we just started sharing badass entrepreneur tips online. 
So we did eight weeks straight of, of just tips. And we went live and we just started sharing badass content, like real world in the trenches strategies. The thing that I'm very big on, Eric, and I think the thing that sums up menace and business most is you walk your talk. So when Terrence, Jason, or myself share an idea, tip, or a strategy, it's something that we've all used in our own business. There's nothing worse than a personal trainer who's overweight trying to give you advice that he just read out of a book. But if that personal right. trainer is shredded and says, hey, I did this keto and I did this workout and you're going to get shredded and I did and you can too. That's how we are with Menace and Business. We're three guys that have all built million dollar per year brands and businesses. And now we're just taking students and saying, hey, you should try this, you should try this, and you should try, try this. And these are all things that we're doing in our own businesses. And what's really cool to make it even uh, better is everything that we're doing to build Menace, we're actually teaching in, the, in our, our Menace super system. So it's like, hey, here's how we're building our own business and you guys can too. And dude, so yeah, we went eight weeks straight of just, just jam-packed content. And then people said, hey, can we get more of this content? And we're like, uh, okay, uh, what do you want? And they're like, hey, you guys did that event in January. Would you be willing to do one uh, like over the summer and throw like a conference? And we're like, okay, what did I just say? It's it, it, the how will present itself. You put your heart in the right place. And so we were yeah. like, okay, what do we need? We need a hotel room. So we rented a hotel room and they were like, oh, what do we need? We need guest speakers. And then we called you and we're like, hey, Eric Kelly, do you want to be a guest speaker? And you're like, I'd love to. And then we called like 10 of our other friends and they're like, I'd love to. And now we're up to like a couple hundred people coming to this event. And it's so funny. Like, dude, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like we've never thrown these big mega events, but if your heart's in the right place and your intentions are in the right place and you're around a bunch of really cool kick-ass people that all add value, you can figure it out. And so it was really cool, dude, is... I really believe that, you know, in immersion and people come together for two days and, and where the world is at right now, small business owners need that, man. Small business owners need real world, tangible advice. And in our M8 system, it works. And there are things that, that we've proven to build million dollar funnels. And we're just stoked to roll it out, dude, and have you speak and be around a bunch of other small business owners. Because I know the impact it's made in my life on a smaller scale. And now we're excited to do it on a little bit larger scale. Uh, well, I'm super excited for you. I know the impact that it's already having. I can only anticipate the, the impact that it's going to continue to have and how it's going to grow. I'm super excited for the event at the end of a July. So if people are interested in that and they need to check out MenaceCon. MenaceCon.com, uh, baby. MenaceCon.com. Yeah. We'll share some links for that. If people want to know more about Triumphant, Nick, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Instagram, my guy. Instagram is okay. at the Triumphant Life. At the, at triumphant, the triumphant Life. life on All the my IG. links are there. YouTube channel's there. Podcast is there. My new book's about to be there. Um, right and on. So, like, I know, we, I know we had a conversation about the 30-day challenge that, that's changed my life and made an impact in your life. So, Eric, I want to do something really special for you today because I love you, brother. And just watching you go through the 30-day challenge was, was transformative for me. And you were a huge part of my inspiration. And, and you starting this podcast and sharing your voice. So Nikki T's got your back. So I want to do something very, very special for, for everybody that's listening, like a friend of yours, a social media follower or a podcast guest is that the program Eric and I talked about, I want to give it to everybody on the call on, on this podcast for free. Uh, I'm going to give a 30 day oh, challenge course, guys. It's 38 training videos. It's an online module right. on my website. So if you just simply go to my Instagram and DM me 30 day challenge or yo, Nikki, just be a friend, right? I'm an approachable guy. Just DM me on Facebook or Instagram and say, hey, can I get a log into the 30-day challenge? I will grant everybody a free scholarship as my way of just saying, Eric, I'm proud of you for, for launching this podcast and being you and playing such a role in my life. And I know how far the 30-day challenge went for you. And I wanted to do that for everybody because you know, with you here with Live Your Legacy, 
I believe you are truly trying to share your passion with the world and help them create their own legacies. And I know that a lot of your momentum was started with the 30 day challenge. So I felt very um, compelled to be able to offer that login and that we could, you know, maybe you and I are just two starfish, but maybe we could get like Uh, 20 more, my man. What an incredible gift. And thank you so much uh, for doing that. I I appreciate it. I'm super grateful for you and for doing that. And I know anybody that takes advantage of the opportunity, uh, it's going to have an impact in tangible ways. And I think some intangible ways that that you don't even perceive uh, at the beginning. Um, So I would just encourage anybody that's listening, that's curious about it or inspired to jump in. Uh, you know, to start today, take advantage of Nick's very generous offer and uh, and use the 30 day challenge to really move your life forward in a significant and meaningful way. And yeah, as we wrap up, is- buddy, I have to ask you this question. Yeah. Um, it's the thing I'm most curious about with people. And, um, you know, what is significant to you about your personal legacy? What do you hope it, it will be as, as the unique representation of, of your time here on earth? You know, man, when you go back to the story of me laying in the hospital, thinking about like, what was my legacy and what impact had I made in this world? What I truly believe that my mission is, is to give you a voice to go impact tens of thousands of people. I realize there's only so many people that I can touch on my own. But if I could inspire you as a thought leader, that's why I was so excited to be on your podcast today you could go reach another 25, 50, 100,000 people that I would never reach. So if I can inspire you to start a podcast, which we did here, and have you go reach 100,000 people, the compound effect of them then sharing that and then sharing that and then sharing that, as silly as it is, the pay it forward mentality. So I believe through writing books, starting podcasts and doing online courses, I can give that expert, that entrepreneur a voice and a platform to then go share that with the world. And brother, that is what I truly believe is my legacy. That's my mission. It's my entire life's purpose, passion right now is giving you a voice and putting marketing tools in place through a book, through an online course, and through a podcast for you to share that voice with the world. Well, you're doing it, brother. I'm grateful for you. You're inspiring and uh, empowering uh, so many people and, and the reaches of that are beyond probably what you or I will ever even know. So uh, thank you for... Um, caring enough about me and for your friendship and support and mentorship and leadership. And, uh, you know, thank you for your contribution today. I know it'll resonate it with my everybody. Pleasure, man. It's an honor, dude. <laughs> Crazy, right. dude. Live your legacy, baby. I'm Live your legacy. Cheers. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. Peace.